0: The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio. This
1: is the Employment Law Show. All righty, we are ready. We hope you are as well. You're going to wait a minute. Hang on, Skulls. It's Tuesday night. That's okay. That's correct. And see, the uh, new time for the Employment Law Show, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 6.30 to 7. We got you covered four nights a week. And then on Friday, we flip over to the Disability Law Show with your good pal, Savannah Tamarkin. But tonight, Andrew Goldberg, courtesy Sam to Tamarkin LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm, in the country as always with the show for the last 10 years it is no different for you participating in the show we love having you on 416-870-6400 416-870-6400 to call in live to the show here now email is help at employmentlawyer.ca and there's also pocket lawyer.ca. more on that website in just a bit if you have not uh, traveled over there any time lately and then finally, reaching out to Andrew and his very capable team at the firm anytime, one 855 821 But as mentioned, the most important number for the next half hour for you, 416-870-6400. You have questions about the mask mandate, going back to work, working in a hybrid system, just a plain old severance question, bring it on. We can cover it for sure. We'll get to a ton of stuff tonight, including the most common employment law questions and employment uh, employee rights when a business is sold. In between our calls, so we'll take off with that. But first, pal, Andrew, welcome, man. It's uh, it's time for the week that was, brother. What do you got?
2: Hey, John. Uh, well, what I wanted to talk about today, uh, which is you know interesting news and definitely huge news for everybody, is the lifting of the mask mandates for the most part as mm-hmm. of yesterday, uh, being March twenty first. And you know the questions that we're getting as a law firm, you know, really involve situations where. You know, employers are continuing to have their employees wear masks in the workplace, despite uh, most of the mandates being lifted. And what are your rights as an employee? Maybe if you want to wear masks, if you don't want to wear masks, but you feel you're forced to. And and this is really a, a huge issue um, that we've had dozens of emails and calls in the last you know week or so in anticipation of the mandates being lifted. So I just wanted to briefly touch on that for our listeners, as this very well could impact. Uh, Many of those who are listening today. And, you know, generally speaking, most mask mandates for workplaces in Ontario were lifted as of March 21st yesterday. Now, there are still uh, mandates in place with respect to some sectors, uh, you know, and and those tend to be kind of more medically intensive and, and high kind of. Volume in terms of people sectors, so like public transit, long-term care homes, healthcare, shelter settings, where there's almost an, just over an extra month, April twenty seventh. But you know, for those of you who work for an employer where the mandate would have been lifted as of yesterday, um, you know, generally speaking, the employer, you know, they could continue to insist that you wear a mask in the workplace, but if they penalized you and ultimately fired you for not doing so. That would certainly be what we call a without cause termination, and you'd be entitled to a severance package. It would not be considered cause in the vast majority of cases. And, you know, we also have to keep in mind if someone can't wear a mask due to, you know, medical reasons, a disability, or maybe religious reasons, the employer would have an obligation to accommodate that as well. So if an individual is fired um, that had requested accommodation, whose doctor or Kind of religious community has indicated they should not be wearing a mask, then not only would you be entitled to severance in most cases, but, um, you know, human rights damages as well. And, uh, you know, very briefly before I I, I kick it back to you, there's also individuals who, you know, are not necessarily going to be fired for wearing a mask at work, but, you know, wish they want to know what can they do if the employer does insist that they continue to wear masks. Um, You know, you might have a valid claim for what's called a constructive dismissal Mm -hmm. on the basis that the employer is essentially changing a term of the employment by compelling you to wear a mask in the workplace, despite the fact that the government has no longer made that a requirement. And even in that case, despite not being formally fired, you could still have a claim to pursue severance. Now, uh, I would like the listeners to, you know, obviously appreciate that. Um, every situation is going to be different, so before acting on anything, you know, certainly give our firm a call, and we'll we'll connect you with one of our legal professionals to discuss your particular circumstances. But for the most part, um, you know, you, that that's going to be the case for those who no longer want to wear masks at work.
1: For those that are, uh, you know, maybe it's 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 two things changing. They're going back to work from maybe working at home or working in a, a somewhat hybrid situation, and they're also going back to the non-mask or at least the mask mandate over with. If the employer, besides the mass thing, if they decide, you know, hey, this is a good time to make this change and that change and this change with people coming back to the office, where does uh, where does an employee stand in that regard?
2: Well, that's an excellent question. And I actually just finished speaking to an individual that went oh. through that same, uh, same uh, circumstance where he was placed on a layoff at one point. He has now been recalled to work, but he's being told, you know, you either have to work at one of these two locations, which are about a two hour commute and he used to have a five minute commute. So obviously he doesn't want to do that, especially in the winter months. He doesn't want to have to, number one, add four hours being two each Not way either. to his commute. Yeah, obviously. Right. I mean, like no one it's hard enough as it is in the city if you're working in the city, but really anywhere it doesn't matter if you're adding such a significant you know, length of time to your commute each day that that can't be reasonably expected in most circumstances. Um, But secondly, they're saying, okay, if you don't want to commute to one of these, you know, immensely far locations, then you have to now start working overnight shifts at the location you worked at before. And he's calling me freaking out because obviously he doesn't want to do either of these, but he doesn't want to lose his severance. His employer is taking the position that if you don't agree to one of these two outcomes, you've essentially resigned your employment Um, which obviously is not the case, being forced to, to, you know, crappy, completely different situations is not going to be considered a resignation. And, you know, if you find yourself in this situation, number one, you want to contact a lawyer as soon as possible. But in the meantime, you want to make it very clear in writing that by no stretch of the imagination are you resigning from your job. It is the employer who is insisting on these changes? So, if you're on a layoff or you are off work due to you know maybe not being vaccinated, but now your company's is saying oh, we don't care about vaccines anymore, you're welcome back. You do have the right to your same job or a very comparable job.
1: Again, six thirty nine, new employment law time, employment law show time, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, all week. You can call in now. You got to, you got time. We got time. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. With the questions you normally would have asked on the old time, so. Bring it on. We're going to continue on here. Most uh, common employment law questions, part two for you and I, Andrew. We covered part one the last time you were on. Let's get back into these because, yeah, they're very common and people wonder these all the time. First one is this You know, I I have to accept a severance offer by a certain date. It's right down there in the bottom of the severance offer. I'm panicking. I'm freaking out. It's like this coming Friday. What should I do?
2: Well, you know, that's again, everyone freaks out in that situation, right? I mean, (laughs) It, it, and rightfully so. Number one, you're just completely caught off guard by being let go in the first place. So you've just heard the news that you're let go. And in and, and the vast majority of cases, they're not expecting to be let go. So it's come as a complete surprise. And then, you know, to compound the anxiety that you're feeling as an employee just fired from your job, you're being offered a severance package and being told, you know, I need you to agree to this by X date, which is usually well under a week, sometimes just a day or two by the employer, um, or else we're not going to pay you any of this or, or yeah. just a very reduced amount. And you're barely even thinking straight in the first place because you've just been fired. So, um, you know, the, the answer to that question in every situation is going to be um, do not sign the agreement and get legal advice. Uh, the company has no... Ability to compel you to sign anything for a certain date. It's an arbitrary date made up by the company. There's no legal background to, to support, you know, this is why we picked this date. It's just a pressure tactic. And to leave you off with, you know, the the shorter duration they give you to sign, the more concerned you should be. Because if they have thought they were giving you a fair package, they're not going to rush you to sign and go away. So if you've given some really tight turnaround, uh, that should definitely you know, get your radar up to say, look, something's wrong here. I should speak to a lawyer.
1: Again, 416-870-6400 is the number. Robert, thanks for standing by for a moment. How are you, pal? What's on your mind?
0: I'm good, thank you. How you doing?
1: Beauty. What's, uh, what can we help you with?
0: Okay, well, so I work for a municipality, and uh, they require me to test three times a week at $40 a pop. So every paycheck, it's costing me about $240 to get tested three times a week
1: is this legal
2: so so it's it's uh three days a week two weeks per paycheck so that's how you're getting that number
1: yeah that's right and
2: and how much approximately do you make per year
0: um well probably in a like mid-70s
2: okay so i mean really what it'll come down to more than anything is does this conduct of your employer support a potential claim for constructive dismissal, right? So in other words, you know, what they're essentially doing is forcing a cost on you which reduces your pay, right? So 240 every two weeks times 26 I mean, that's a significant amount of money. I'll do the math very quickly here. But uh, um, it, it, it would really come down to... One sec, times 240 So it, <laughs> that's, awesome. it'll, it'll, that's about $6,000 yeah. a year, yeah, that's um, large. which is... Which is pretty close to ten percent of your overall earnings, and in, right. that situa- in that situation, that I think that would be considered for sure a kind of a fundamental change because that's a you know quite a significant reduction to your pay. So I think you would have a viable claim uh, potentially for constructive dismissal, whereby you would reject the change and say, I'm not going to pay that and want to pursue a severance. But that being said, you know there's going to be other factors such as how long you've been paying for this rapid test, if at all. If you've been doing it for some period of time, um, you know, significant period of time already. They could argue you've already agreed to it, essentially. Or what they could do in the alternative is, if you pursue a claim at some point in the future, they could say, or what they could say for now is just continue working. You know, even though you have this claim out there, please continue working with us, and you can pursue your claim for the difference of pay that you think you're owed. And then, if they actually at some point get rid of rapid testing altogether, that would kind of hurt the entitlements that you have. So. There's kind of a lot of factors at play, but at a very general level, I think uh, very possibly you could have a case to say, I, I don't accept this change and try to pursue a severance package.
0: I see. Okay.
1: Thanks, right, Robert. The, the, uh, appreciate I'm the call, brother. I was going to say, if he wants to uh, reach out further, but any confusion there, uh, Robert, it's simple, 1-855-821-5900. I mean, what's the over-under about how long this has been going on where he could do what you said, claim constructive dismissal? Couple months, few months,
2: yeah, probably at least uh, you know six to eight weeks. But I, I think another mm. interesting point would be, you know, a lot of employers had, and this is another issue that we deal with all the time, is mandatory vaccinations in the workplace, right? Right. And some employers took the position that, look, if you don't want to get vaccinated, you can pay for these rapid tests and as an alternative and some employees took that alternative but now with the mask mandates lifting gotcha. we're seeing a lot of employers lift the vaccine policies as well so i mean even though theoretically he agreed to it in the past while this pol- a policy could have been in place regarding vaccines if they've lifted that and made all these changes he could argue well now the situation's different you don't have these policies why am i the one paying for the tests uh, when you don't even require vaccines at all so it would be very
1: situational Lots more coming. Take a short break. Employment Law Show continues on your Tuesday evening right here.
0: You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio.
1: Welcome back to the Employment Law Show. And yeah, we're right back at it. It is uh, 647 John Scholes, Andrew Goldberg from Sam mark Tamarkin, LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country. By the way, anytime you want to use it, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca rolled into that website. It's a beauty. Severance Pay Calculator has been used by over 2 million people. Two million since that thing was put together uh, by Lior and his crew uh, some time ago, so you can check that out. But, yeah, phone calls here now, 416-870-6400. You have questions about the mass mandate coming down or any other employment law questions. You still got some time to bring those in, but Andrew and I are going to cover a few more things here as we uh, roll through this Tuesday evening of the show. By the way, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 630 to 7, Employment Law Show is here for you. Uh, second question, most common question you get, Andrew, we we discuss these all the time. That is, my employer made a significant change in my job or says, you know, I'm a temporary layoff. Can they do that type of thing?
2: Right. And and we did allude to that um, yeah. at, the, at the outset of the program during the week that was, and, and, you know, we're, it, in this instance, we're almost treating a temporary layoff as a significant change. It's almost the most significant change to the job. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much saying you have no work and no pay. I mean, what can be more significant than that? <laughs> um, but, you know, in other instances it might be something different. Like, you know, we're removing your benefits coverage. We're not paying you this $15,000 discretionary bonus anymore. Um, we're changing your work location. We're changing your hours. And, you If this is something that's happening to you, you know, depending on the severity of the change, I mean, some very minor change might not qualify, but, you know, a lot of changes do, then, you know, your employer, sure, they can do that. But the question becomes, do you have to accept that? And if you don't accept that, what recourse do you have? And most individuals facing an employer that's attempting to unilaterally change A significant term of their employment, or put them on a layoff, can insist that they reject the change and treat it as almost like a breach of their employment, uh, the terms of their employment, such that they can pursue a constructive dismissal uh, claim by, you know, saying, "I can't accept these changes. I can't continue on these new terms. I'm going to treat this as if you're terminating my employment and pursuing a severance." Um, Now, what is really vital for individuals facing these circumstances to keep in mind is. You know, once a change is made by an employer, if you don't act on it for you know a few weeks, a month, two months, what you know it's the situ- it'll be situational, but for at least a material length of time, then your employer can raise the argument that you've now almost implicitly accepted that change by not kind of refuting it for for a, you know some kind of a duration um, that that they can argue in their favor. So if if you do face These changes, you want to act on it immediately and you want to, you know, ideally speak to a lawyer about, you know, what, whether the change is significant enough to pursue a constructive dismissal claim and what kinds of things should you email back to your employer um, who's trying to impose these changes.
1: So you know, it basically, time is of the essence with many of these changes, as you're as you're kind of pointing out there. But say say it's a change where you know I've got this job and I've been there for years. I love all my coworkers. I love the gig, but there's a bit of a change that I'm not happy with. But will it be life changing? Can I handle it? Will it be that bad? Will it be that upsetting to me? Can I kind of you know try it out, take it out for a spin for a bit, and if I and if I don't like it, then I can pull the plug. How do you uh, how do you formulate that?
2: It, it, that's it's an excellent point, and and that's something that. I've, you know, advised clients on, especially those, you know, that might be in a sales role where they have right. a component of their compensation mm-hmm. as a base salary and a component as commissions. And for whatever reason, their employer is trying to insist on a more kind of heavily commission pay structure. You know, obviously insisting that you'll make more money and this is going to be good for you in the end. And I'm sure. I mean. What, which is i always find ridiculous because if the employee rejects that change and is fine with making less money then why aren't you letting them do that it's like you know what i mean it just yeah. sometimes it's just you have to just use common sense yeah, in these situations sure. and uh and i always have these individuals put that to their employer saying look if you're so insistent that i'm making more money then why, why do you care that i'm willing to make less but in in those situations it is possible to say look i mean if you're guaranteeing me um A certain pay structure that that should compensate me to the same effect, or maybe, you know, they're trying to change this individual's location or fundamentally change, you know, some of the tasks that they do on a daily basis, and that employee wants to try it out, then, you know, a well-crafted email to that effect could allow that individual to try something out um, while preserving their right to a later constructive dismissal claim and uh, you know another thing to keep in mind before i get off the point is sometimes a constructed dismissal is the result of kind of a series of incremental changes none of which might be on their own enough to support a claim but you know yeah. if they change a little thing here a little thing there a little thing you know the next time but that happens persistently over the period of 3 months 6 months whatever the case might be then you can kind of assert that the series of these changes Um, supports the constructive dismissal claim but again it would be important to kind of raise your concerns as the changes are occurring to say look like you know you changed my pay last year now you're trying to change my duties this year and i can't continue to agree to these changes so um, you know here's my stance so it's important that you're communicating the right things uh, certainly
1: Still got some time if you have questions here live now 416-870-6400 is the number as always to call in and ask Andrew those questions. You know, my employer says they're uh, they're terminating me for cause. That's what they've told me. Andrew, what do I do now?
2: Well, what you do is um you know, firstly, if they haven't particularized and and I see see this all the time as well where an employer sends an employee a letter saying we're firing you for cause, gives like a very vague one-liner that, oh, we, we, you know, or understand you did, you know, A, B, or C, but they really don't provide particulars, you know, the first thing to do might be to just say, well, if you don't know what you even did, well, what are you even suggesting that I, that I did in this circumstance, right? Because uh, you'd be surprised how often that's not properly articulated to individuals. But, you know, in terms of your next steps, like you can't stop the employer from firing you. You can't stop the employer from at least alleging that there's cause. But what you have to keep in mind is the employer is not the judge and jury as to what is cause, just because they say it's cause. and, and, And again, when we talk about cause, what we're talking about is a situation that you're let go because of wrongdoing. And that wrongdoing is so significant that... Um, they don't have to pay you any severance whatsoever, and there's an extremely, extremely high threshold to try to rely on just cause. Um, most often, that threshold is not going to be reached. And we, despite the employer's claims that they have cause, what you, if you contact us, uh, we arrange for a consultation. We hear you out as to you know what they're alleging happened. Sometimes we have to get involved to kind of dig deeper into what happened. We'll get you a severance package. Um, you know alleging that their cause allegations are definitely either bogus or can't support you're not receiving a severance
1: I want to get to Jewel's call here the last couple of minutes hi Jewel. thanks for uh, thanks for taking the time what's on your mind thank you for taking my call yeah, man. Uh, no you guys were uh, discussing about that base salary and permissions
0: uh, and let's say if, if, if employers do commission every month gradually moving higher and higher and the
1: salespeople for example, falling behind, is this can be a, a issue in the long run or as a norm for any sales job?
2: Well, I mean, it's a good question. And I think there's two things to consider, right? The first thing to consider is, as a result of the sales target increasing, are you making less commission? So, if they're increasing your targets and you're earning less commission then you're essentially earning less money because of their change now if that happens depending on you know the reduction in your commissions compared to how much you used to be earning then it's possible that you can reject that that change the increase in the targets and and pursue a severance alleging that they've constructively terminated you by making that change. But we would need to know how your commissions are impacted by how much relative to what you used to earn. Now, on the other hand, it's possible that your sales targets can increase, but they're not necessarily changing your pay by that much. It might not be impacting your pay, but what they might be doing is kind of threatening you for discipline, saying you're not meeting targets, you're not performing well. And then if they eventually fire you for just cause um, on the basis of your performance, we could take the position that, well, his performance has only gone down because you're increasing the expectations all the time, right. and which is entirely unreasonable. So we would need more information to kind of you know assess the situation. But one thing to keep in mind is, before I let you go, is... You know, if this is something that's been happening for a significant period of time, you want to address this sooner than later. And I would recommend arranging for a consultation so that you can get the proper advice as to how to respond to these target changes
1: jewel nicely done and that's the last call we're going to take for today it's a quick one but we're back tomorrow in the meantime reaching out 1-855-821-5900 to get a hold of andrew and his crew email address we use help at employmentlawyer.ca and i always mentioned it's super handy and free and anonymous pocket employment law show is back tomorrow night and thursday as well same time at 6 30 so we'll see you then thank you for joining us thank you andrew and we'll catch you next time on the employment law show